politics Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up Bottoms up and welcome back Blotto here, uh, but I also have a couple of familiar voices joining me today. It seemed appropriate. I really kind of owe it to Nobs, who is on the line, as well as Fred. They reached out and said, you know, in uh, recognition of the anniversary of January 6th, uh, we should probably do a show together. Because, you know, in, in some respects, what happened January 6th was sort of, in many ways, the, the culmination in the most negative context, right? It was just a really bad day, but it was the culmination of everything that we had feared over the last, you know, four years or whenever we started doing the podcast. So a, a one-year anniversary, that kind of makes sense. So uh, welcome back, guys. Fred, you want to say hello? Hey, hey, hey. Hello. <laughs> You still know how to do that. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Yes, it's uh, going well. I don't record as often as I should. Some of it is material. Some of it is time. Combination of both. Well, um, I, I would like to tell you that uh, you're doing a great job. You really have been. Uh, I've listened to all the episodes that you've done solo, and uh, good stuff, man. You, you've kept it alive, and... Uh, it may be better. It is fun to be back, though. I've, I've missed doing it in a lot of ways, but it is what it is. But you, you've been doing a great job, so cheers to you. Oh, well, thanks a lot. Uh, Nobs? I am doing fantastic. It's good to be here. I uh, miss chatting with you guys. But what you don't miss is the editing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I don't miss the editing at all. Uh, just like Fred, though, I did follow along, listen to all the other episodes, um, kept up with that. Uh, I do take exception for you having uh, one centered around guns, not inviting me as a special guest, though, <laughs> as the resident left-leaning uh, gun owner. Uh, did, did I mention you in that? No, you didn't okay. even mention me. Oh, oh sorry. Then. Rude. <laughs> But uh, no, I agree with your previous statements about this being the culmination of Trump's presidency. It feels like there was a pot that's been increasing in temperature and boiling for four years, and January 6th was when it exploded. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and what's truly amazing, and we'll get into it, but we got to have our beers, but is just the way it has continued and, and, and what it means today, looking back, you know, even more so than when it took place, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just remarkable what has uh, transpired, not just within the year since then, but just the last couple of days uh, regarding the way people are reflecting back on, on the events on the beers. Uh, I know we're all thirsty um, since this was a situation where it was hastily put together and you guys agreed to come on as guests. I think we all have different beverages uh, oh, I'm today. I'm sure it's different and probably, for me, at least a repeat. And uh, so that's okay. Uh, I'll probably just you know, throw up onto our, our media pages the, the beer that I'm having to keep it simple. What do you got there, Nobs? We're on you. Uh, yeah, um, I'm revisiting the Dark Horse Brewing Company's Bafo Brown Ale. Didn't they change the label of that? I, I don't know that. This, I think they did. Is, I don't know what this is on this can. Some sort of green raccoon? I'm pretty sure that they changed the label because I saw I saw something that said Bafo on it. 
And I thought, well, that's not the same can that I did. We did on the Bafo Brown before. So I think they have changed it. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what a Bafo is. I don't recall exactly how I rated it, but it was pretty good. Fred, what are you drinking? I am starting off with Three Floyd Zombie Dust. It's okay. an undead pale ale. What? What? It's such a great name. <laughs> an undead pale ale? <laughs> Yeah, it's got a, it's got a very cool uh, label on it. Uh, some zombie king or zombie lord, and pretty cool. But now, Three Floyd's is not a Michigan brewery, I don't believe. Oh. I think it's Indiana. Let me see. Muncie, maybe. Munster, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> it's Munster. Indiana? Yeah. Is there a Muncie and a Munster? There is a Muncie for sure. I don't I don't know if this is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I thought this was a Michigan beer. I just grabbed it out of the fridge. I, I it's very popular in Michigan. Three Floyd's beers are. They've really done a good job of coming into this market. That's why you think so. Oh, man, I messed uh, things up. I, I, I thought it was a Michigan beer or brewery at one time also. That's kind of why I, I, I knew that it wasn't because I've been down that road. It's been suggested that I bring some Three Floyd products in to the brewery. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll look into it. And then I, it was like, no, I'm not going to do that because we just do Michigan beers there too. Yeah. But it's very popular and a lot of people like their beers. It's, it's supposed to be an excellent brewery. See what happens when you take off for so long. <laughs> you forget the the simple rules of the show. <laughs> Uh, I have a new brewery here. Um, I don't believe we ever have done this brewery. Uh, Kickstand? No. Kickstand Brewing from Commerce, Michigan. Oh, really? That's real, yeah. That's real close to home. So, yes, yeah, Detroit area. Um, this is a Birch Bark Porter, 6.127 IBUs, it says in the can. World-class beer, uniquely our own. Hmm? We'll be the judge of that. Uh, brewed with seven different specialty malts, rich notes of coffee and chocolate. So we'll see. So that's what I got. Mine is 6.5 alcohol. Maybe that's why they're so popular. <laughs> Pours up yeah. super nice. I've got at least inch and three quarters head. I, I wanted a little head on it, and, but it just kept going up and up. Looks great. Um, is it maintaining its head? Does it have head retention? Yes. It is, it's not going down. Yeah, because I've understood in the beer world this is important. So, for instance, I, I just poured my birch bark porter. I would call it probably a medium dark porter based on the color. It's, it's dark, but not like a stout, but I've seen darker porters as well. The head got to about maybe a half inch, but not reten- no, no retention. Yeah, this is hanging in there. Ain't going yeah, I had about an inch of head, but it's all gone now. Was that an old fridge soldier? <laughs> you know, I was wondering that. I was wondering how old it was. <laughs> I was actually just looking at the can for like a, a brew date or something like that, a can date, and I don't see anything. 2012. <laughs> uh, I think it's fairly recent. Yeah, I was looking up to see if the cans were different. The label has changed. So you, I think you have the old one now with the uh, bug eyes. Well, they're both kind of bug eyed, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get started uh, today, uh, I did want to share with you guys that today I was tested for COVID. And, you know, we've got this weekend coming up with some of our other friends and neither you two uh, gents are uh, are going to be in attendance, but there's going to be a large gathering of us all in one place for a weekend getaway. And I had mentioned several weeks ago that maybe it would be a good idea if people got tested. 
And I kind of put it out there. And I also mentioned that, hey, you know, if you didn't want to share your test results, you know, that's your prerogative as well. And things kind of snowballed out of control. And now people have backed out because not everyone is committed to getting tested. And what I wanted to bring up today on this whole COVID thing was this notion of whether or not you should get tested if you're asymptomatic. How do you know to get tested? Well, right now, I believe the CDC's position, and they have changed their guidelines a bunch of times, right? And and it's getting more confusing, but it's getting more confusing because there are more buckets of people, right? So, you know, before you had the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, now you got the partially vaccinated, and you got the, you know, vaccinated, symptomatic, the vaccinated, unsymptomatic, the people that have been exposed and maybe they're not vaccinated, maybe they are vaccinated, right? So you got all these different classes of groups now. And so the CDC is trying to come up with guidelines to cover everybody. But as far as I could tell, it seems like the CDC is saying, if you don't have symptoms, you shouldn't get tested. Even if you've been exposed, you know you've been exposed? Even if you've been exposed. And I, mm. I'll, I'll read something from you from the website today that I that I came up with here. Joe Rizzi and myself got tested recently because we got exposed to Half Pint, who got it again second time. And as soon as we found out we were exposed, we immediately got tested and both of us were negative. So, but we didn't have any symptoms. It's just, she's post-surgery. So we were worried about that. Yeah. I, I, there was something that somebody put on to our Facebook group regarding this weekend and it had some CDC guidelines on it and then they took it off. So I don't know if they just changed, but this is from the CDC website. If you came into close contact with someone with COVID-19 and you are 18 or older and have received all recommended vaccine doses, including boosters, you do not need to quarantine. Really? So if they're saying you don't need to quarantine, if you've come in contact with someone that has tested positive, then why would you need to get tested? Because you don't have to be in quarantine. Yeah, what would be the point? Well, other than knowing that you have it and so you're not freely spreading but, it about. But that's not their concern, right? Like the, the, the our, I think there's just so many questions, you know, and you know, Pop-Tart and I decided to get the, the vaccine or to get the test mainly because of the weekend. And so the weekend is in, uh, you know, eight days or whatever. And it was kind of like, okay, we're going to get tested now because I wanted to avoid any false positives or false negatives. And then we're going to see, and then the CDC changed their guidelines and said quarantine only five days. So I'm thinking, well, even if I test positive, if I'm, if I'm asymptomatic, then in five days, I'm good to go. Well, we had our appointments to get tested. In the meantime, uh, my daughter tested positive and I was with her on both Sunday and Tuesday of this week. And so that's, it was like, okay, well, we're, we're glad we're getting tested. I personally feel that I will be positive. Yesterday, I had a very slight sore throat. I mean, I, I, it's the same kind of sore throat I could wake up any day with. You know, you get ultra sensitive, right? Oh, you know, you start thinking of, oh, I have a headache. Oh, I have a sore throat. Oh, I got a runny nose. But uh, I think at some point there's a little bit of, um, I mean, if they're guidelines, you know, they're not 100% set in stone or anything like that. But I think if you are going into a large uh, going away, a gathering with 20 plus people in a single house, regardless of exposure, it's just probably a good idea to get tested. Right. But see, then the problem became if you got tested and you showed positive, but you're asymptomatic, should you stay home? Yes. But not according to the CDC guidelines. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the CDC guidelines are just figuring that you are maybe going to your cubicle or maybe going out shopping, something like I, that. They're not factoring 20 people 
stuck in one house for four days. And 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 here's the other thing. Now, if you're asymptomatic and you test positive, you don't really know when your start date was and when your end date was. Yeah, absolutely. And in a situation like the the situation I'm talking about with our friends is you've got a fair amount of commitment and money invested into this thing. And plus it's sans COVID, it should be a great time. I mean, in retrospect, I'm not sure we should have done this at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, I was following along, even though I'm not going, I followed that chat kind of closely as I was thinking about going. And before the deadline, the numbers were looking fine. Everything was going down. That is and true. Then, then when the after, commitments were made, yes. we were hoping that we didn't have to concern ourselves as much. Yeah. And then it was after the cancellation deadline, that's when the numbers skyrocketed. And I mean, how are you guys supposed to know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the reasons that this, the numbers have skyrocketed. And I just heard this today uh, before we, we started uh, recording. Uh, 60% of Republicans are not vaccinated in a new poll. Yeah, I saw that same thing. Th- that's insane. I, I, I would have believed 40. I would have believed that 60 were. I was kind of thinking, I know that, I think Michigan is somewhere around 62% of the population. The national average is now 74%. So Michigan's definitely lagging behind. Shocker there. But I still kind of always thought that it really isn't divided that that much between Republican and Democrat because there are people that just haven't gotten around to getting the vaccine for different reasons, especially some of the younger people and 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 the older. I think the middle age group, I don't know what the breakdown is, but I kind of feel like the middle age group are the ones that are most vaccinated. But uh I you know, I knew it would have been different between Republican and, and Democrat, but, but not as much as it is, you know, because if the average is, well, 70%, but you've got 60% Republicans not, well, that means that, you know, you've got 80% of, or 90% of Democrats are, whatever mm-hmm. that, however the math works out. Right. I don't know. It's, it's hard to see how this thing, you know, a- ever becomes less important in our lives when you got 60% of Republicans unvaccinated, assuming that the polls are correct. <laughs> Well, I just... Really, no, I, I mean, I we, just say that. Just We, we trust the polls around here, don't we? Yeah, we, we pretty much do. Well, I just hope they all get their wishes and actually get to catch a good bout of COVID and really enjoy it for all it's worth. You know, there, did you see the story about that state representative in California that she recently, she, she recently passed away from COVID, 47 years old? She was a big uh, anti-vaxxer advocate, wasn't she? Uh, anti-vax, anti-mask mandate, anti-vaccination mandate. Yep. Mm, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cheers. Bottoms up. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I don't. Even no, know. it's hard to have. It's hard to have sympathy. It really is. It's even harder to have empathy. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's no empathy. I'm not going to relate. No, I mean, you know, if, if you were going to do that, you know, you you took the chance and wow, rolled snake eyes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> crapped out, crapped out. <laughs> um all right so well there's the co- yeah and then i was before i came down to record i was watching the news of course and they were talking about the orange dumbass and they're saying he's basically lately has actually been on the side of the va- get vaxxed get the booster type thing and yet they're not picking up on it. It's not even helping. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're- yeah, the, the the Trumpster world, has has it become even larger than Trump? I think so. Yes. It's it, you know, it, it doesn't, it, 
it, it doesn't even so much matter what fearless leader says or does anymore. You know, looking back at the Trump movement, I, I used to like shout a lot that Trump is only half the problem here, or even less than half the problem. It's his followers that are the problem, and the and and the enablers. That that's really what was damaging the country more than just one person. And and now I think that rings true even more than ever before because you know you have Trump out there pro vaccine and yet the right wing media is not picking up on it. They're not they're not splashing those video snippets up on their outlets over and over again. They're they're trying to ignore it. I mean I I, I still read a lot of Breitbart. There's never anything on there about Trump and vaccines. You know, I, I wonder if part of that is the fact that he's really become somewhat of a hermit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That Bill O'Reilly thing was the first time I'd seen him out in public in I don't know how long. I mean, his name is constantly on the news, unfortunately, but he is sort of kind of fallen out of the scene. And so I, I wonder if, like, looking at this, like this vaccine thing, why isn't it having more effects? Like, well, maybe, maybe the, they're actually paying less attention to him as the person, and they're just still feeding their cesspool of people, but it's not so much focused on him. Yeah, no, he, he's he's still, I mean, maybe it's just an icon at this point, right, of what he was. I mean, I, I did see an article, and I, I didn't read through the whole thing about, and I believe this was written not by a never-Trumper uh, conservative, but I think someone that has supported him in the past. And it was his belief that he will not be the Republican nominee. Because he doesn't run or because he doesn't get enough votes? Because he doesn't, uh, because he doesn't get enough votes is the way that I think the article is bending. It's going to be someone more extreme than him? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, or I just... Um, yeah, I, I suppose. Fred, to your point about Trump becoming really a hermit. Look what he did this week. He canceled his January 6th remarks. It it sounded like he was getting beat on by his own followers to not do it. I don't know if they were trying to protect him, you know, so that they couldn't use that against him if he does make a run or what, but it sounded like he was under lots of pressure not to do it. But you think that pressure came from within the Trumpsters? His, um, his circle of advisors. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I just make the assumption that his lawyers insisted that he didn't do it because for sure he was going to say, something incriminating <laughs> there's no question that he would yeah you make more sense than i do <laughs> i don't know I, I mean maybe it was maybe it was both but you know his, his and his re his rationale it, it's so old i you know just blame the media right basically his rationale was they're lying about january 6th so i can't go out and speak about it <laughs> isn't that what he kind of said yeah I wonder how many I, I, times a day he shits his diapers. <laughs> he, he's so psychotic. So old. Well, in his prepared remark of why he's not, it sounded like it was contrived, right? Because it didn't make sense. And that's usually what happens. It's kind of like what happened to Ted Cruz this week. And this is precious. I oh. mean, I mean, this is all part of the January 6th kind of look back, right? This is where what, what what seems to have fallen out of favor lately is the term gaslight. But to me, the revisionist history of January 6th is one of the biggest attempts of gaslighting 
ever perpetrated on this country ever. If I'm using the term right, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would but, agree. You don't, but you don't hear it very much anymore. Yeah, the people got tired of saying it. They're on to something else. So, so, so Ted Cruz comes out and he calls the rioters terrorists. <laughs> and then immediately the Trumpsters blow up at him. Like just fall on him like hard rain. Where do you think that even came from? Why, why would he let that cross his little pursed mouth? What was you he know, thinking? I don't know. Is it just a, a moment of truth that slips up? Because most of the time, these guys are thinking before they speak, especially Cruz. Oh, they're very measured. Did you see any parts of the Tucker Carlson? Yeah, I saw it today. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was hysterical. Do you see it, Nobs? No, I didn't. Oh my! You should pull it up on uh, Google and watch it. So, so, so Tucker Tucker says, "We know you don't believe the rioters of January 6th are terrorists, but I don't believe that you said it on accident. So you said it on purpose. So why did you say it if you don't believe it? I don't believe you." (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then and then Cruz goes into this, you know pretzel logic about how how he calls lots of criminals terrorists and that even if you were in january 6 if you beat up a cop or fought a cop then you'd be a terrorist in his eyes and and, it, and, and he and, said and, that what he said was sloppy <laughs> yeah and, and, right. and so after after he, he he's not winning over carlson who just just as fred just said just looks right at him and goes i don't believe you <laughs> with, with all due respect so, so then he tries a different uh, tact, and and that's when he goes, "I shouldn't have said it. It was sloppy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was so cringeworthy, but lovely at the same time. It was, you know, I'm like everybody else. I hate the guy, but it was hard to watch. Tucker Carlson was just raking him over the coals, but uh, it was hilarious. You, you know, the the one thing that was missing in there, and 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 Tucker. I believe he started that segment before he brought Cruz in, was, was saying that it certainly wasn't insurrection, it's not even terrorism, and it can only loosely be defined as a riot. And he said, barely a riot. B- barely, yeah. Bar- barely a riot is, is kind of what the way that, that he's kind of started it. So, you know, he wasn't giving Ted Cruz much quarter to begin with. Like, it was, <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, Cruz was just walking right into a trap there. When I first saw what Cruz had said, I thought that was from a year ago. I I did too. I th- I was shocked. And I'm like, that's what, I guess that's what I was saying. Is like, where did that come from? I thought this guy wants a run in 2024, and he wants the Trump base and all this blah blah blah. And he's calling them terrorists. And I'm like, oh, they must be reviewing what he said like in the weeks after you know last year's event you know and then i realized that they're going no this was from yesterday i'm like what <laughs> you, you know the, the 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 problem with the tucker carlson interview among lots of you know amongst uh, many things is what doesn't happen in those exchanges is a definition of terms and and that's what cruz should have pushed back on carlson with is what is your definition of domestic terrorism? Yeah, throw it back in his court. Right. Because if this wasn't terrorism, you know, if he wanted to stick with it, I don't think he really wanted to, but he would have at least been, I don't know, maybe he would have garnered a little bit more respect from the Trumpsters if he would have at least been able to defend himself. 
instead of just saying in the end, yeah, I was sloppy. Well, <laughs> well nobody believes it. He probably, he probably couldn't go to the knee of Tucker Carlson and get into a confrontation with the guy because he's one of the conduits of the bullshit. So he, he was trying to make right with what he had made wrong the day before. Yeah. So that, that as far as like trying to debate him probably was not a good idea. In the run up to January 6th, in some of the exchanges that I've had with the right wing, uh, just like so many other things, there's certain things that they just refuse to answer. And, you know, when I ask them, well, then you tell me what January 6th was about, you know, it, because it wasn't a protest. There was an action behind their protest. And in fact, if it was a protest, what exactly were they protesting? The election, right? Yeah, the election. Yeah, but you, you don't protest the election. What do you, what else do you do? No, what, what I'm saying is, when Hillary lost, we didn't protest the election. To protest, you have to have a, a target of what you want to change in a way that's changeable. Well, they want legally changeable. Legally changeable. Legally changeable. Well, I guess we're going to. I'll go with. Let's find legal. Well, <laughs> <laughs> those things within the bounds of the law, right? But. So, so okay, okay, again, if you're saying that they were protesting because they wanted to change the outcome of the election, right, then that, again, would put them automatically back into the terrorist group. They wanted Pence to use his constitutionally given powers to overthrow the election. You know, I wonder how many of them were in on the plan. So there, there, was, there was Trump and there was Cruz who was in on the plan, right? I mean, I think Cruz... And Peter Navarro believe that had the rioters not interrupted what was happening, that they would would have been able to pull the plan off. Well, that's what Navarro said on Ari Melber the other day. Right. <laughs> he, he just said it plain and simple that the, the insurrectionists is what screwed it up for them because they were going to be able to pull it off nice and quietly in the background and here these people started tearing the Capitol apart and it just destroyed everything. Well, you know, then Pence had to go and, you know, Pence knows that Trump doesn't have his back at that point in time. So why would Pence follow through with their plan? Now, indications are that he wasn't going to follow through with it anyway. No, because he took advice from Dan Quayle. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny to say. Mr. Potato. (laughs) Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle held the union together. <laughs> Didn't matter how we spell potato. <laughs> of all people, like in the in the history of this event, like who saved the country? <laughs> Dan Quayle. That is a M Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but you're right, Fred. Navarro goes on TV and he says, we want to throw, the plan was to throw back the electors by casting just enough doubt on those state elections and results. It wasn't even, he didn't even say because those states had faulty elections, we just need to cast enough doubt. Yep. It was remarkable it, how brazen, transparent it was. Oh, he wasn't trying to hide anything. And then he he, he says, yeah, we, we had a hundred senators and congressmen lined up ready to go to, to stall the votes and all that. It's like, what? <laughs> Hello? Ari Melber was like beside himself. Couldn't believe it. He goes, 
So really what you're saying is this is your plan for a coup. And he, he would yep. admit that, of course, but... Geez. But again, you get into definitions, right? I mean... Yep. Define your terms. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it was, it was crazy. Um, Speaking of uh, vice presidents coming out of the woodwork, what about only the the second Republican that was... Uh, oh, on the uh, commemoration or whatever, yeah. The recognition, yeah. whatever they call it, yeah. Yeah, good old Dick. Dick, Dick shoot him in the face, Cheney shows up. Wow. And people uh, were actually shaking his hand and stuff. Uh, what? Why do you think he did that? I think to, A, to support his daughter, but I to think... To support... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think yeah. He was trying to send a bigger message that the the big guys from that party that used to run the show don't approve of what's going on. I mean, that's the obvious message. I, I think what's happening now and the big story of January 6th, it, it, you know, a year later, obviously, the big story of January 6th was the event itself, is why aren't there still more Liz Cheney's? I mean, why are there 40-something senators that still are beholden to Trump? Where's Mitt Romney? I mean, I thought he would at least go with Kinzinger and Cheney, you know what I mean? Because he... Yeah. He doesn't seem to mind going the other way, swimming upstream. I, I'm, I'm shocked he's fallen in line with all this crap. Well, and I guess he has in some respects. I mean, in, in many respects, a lot of these guys have just stayed out of the limelight, right? I mean, McConnell has even said a few things that go against Trump's base over the last several months. But there just seems to be a line that they won't cross, you know? And, you know, I hear these stories about Liz Cheney's colleagues coming up to her saying, we all agree with you and we want you to keep being our spokesperson, but I'm never going to admit that in public. I totally believe that. I, I believe it too. They're the most absolute spineless bunch of people I've ever seen. Unbelievable. It, 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 is, uh, it, it is truly mind-boggling the way this thing has played out over the past year. Uh, did you see, um, well, I was going to ask two, two things, but uh, before I get to uh, Merrick Garland, did you watch Joe Biden's speech yesterday? I absolutely did. Uh, I only caught bits and pieces of it, so only yes. highlights. What was your overall impression? I thought it was going to be the typical canned speech, but I was very surprised how aggressive and pointed he was with a lot of the things he was saying, he, he, he was pretty fired up. What'd you think? I've only caught bits and pieces of it, um, but I, I think that, you know, he, he definitely had the gloves off. Yeah, he, you know, yeah, I, I, mean, I think he was saying things that a lot of people kind of had wished that Joe had said uh, with that big a megaphone in the past. Well, you know, it, it it's almost like unwritten law that you don't go after your predecessor. Yeah, fuck but, that. Fuck that. Oh no, no, I'm of course yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a fuck that person too. But man, he 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 never said the guy's name, which I appreciate because I don't want to hear his name. Right. Yep. Who's that? He, he called him the loser president, the former loser president. Uh, you know who he was talking about. <laughs> Joe was throwing down. That old guy's uh, dentures were rattling in his head and his eyes spinning two directions. It was good. Uh, some have even said it's the best speech he's given so far. I've heard people say it's the best speech he's ever given. Mm. I don't know about that. He's been around for 300 years, so yeah. it's hard to say. Bold claims. 
No, I, I, I thought it was good. And I, I don't think it was inappropriate either be, because the things he was really coming down on Trump about were what caused the insurrection and caused people's lives. So, heck yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, the cost people's lives thing, um, I think the media has to be careful there. I, I think that lives were lost due to that riot right? The insurrection. But the problems of that day were much larger than the lives that were lost in, in kind of a large scope, right? Not to those individuals, of course, and their and they're, they're surviving members. But, you know, I, I really think that the media ought to just stay focused on how close we came to overturning a legitimate election and what would that mean for U.S. democracy. And, and, and to me, I think that's still, I, I, I think a lot of people especially in the Trumpster world, just ignore that because they're able to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Joe, Joe Joe really hammered that point, you know. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, anytime with the right, anytime you give them just that little bit of a wedge, they just run with it, right? They're just going to, you know, when there's a mass shooting and some Democratic representative says he had an automatic AR, right? And and it doesn't matter whether it was automatic or semi-automatic. The right just says, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. And they didn't have it automatic and blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and, and their echo chamber just screams of that kind of shit. And, and, and so therefore, they're able to push out the important part of the story. So that's just my opinion, my advice to the MSM. Now, did you say you didn't saw, see the speech or you did? I did not. Yeah. But it sounds like a good speech. Maybe I'll look it up on the Google. I don't know how long it was. I think it was fairly lengthy. Yeah, it was like 35 minutes. Yeah, maybe that's why my ADHD was sitting there. I thought Kamala's speech, I mean, she was more of what I expected. And it it wasn't so inspiring. But then Biden came up and cleaned up real well behind her. So Yeah, from what I saw, Biden's speech wasn't hyperbolic. And again, that's another one of those things where I think that the, the smart play is not to be hyperbolic and just tell things the way they are. And, and Kamala can be hyperbolic. Yeah. And, uh, and again, that's just where, you know, her, her opponents are going to latch onto those kinds of things uh, just to push out the substance and the meaning of what she's saying. Do you think that Biden, his speech in some ways was directed towards one individual? Well, I guess his hardest hitting points, yes, but I think he was talking to the population of the country as a whole as well. The individual that I'm speaking about is the AG. Oh, Garland? Yeah. You don't think Biden gets in his ear or you think he leaves him alone like he says he does? (laughs) Well, I think he leaves them alone, but I think given that platform that he had, that's why I'm saying I think it was really, I, I think it was lack of a better term, a dog whistle, right? But it's, I think it's a, I, I, I think there's a, a, a piece of that speech that said, are you listening here, Merrick? Because, you know, people have done wrong here and they need to be held accountable. Accountability was a large part of Biden's speech. Yeah. And if the AG doesn't act, then there is no accountability. Forget about elections, right? I don't think any of one of us here right now would take a bet that Trump wouldn't come back as president. We all know how likely that is. It's a 50-50 shot at best. I think can't argue against that. I think the only reason he would truly want to come back is just protection. Uh, to try and keep ego. from being indicted, and be, because it, he's he's making tons of money now. He's he's not even in office. He's a hermit down in Florida, and he's making a hundred million dollars from the saps that keep giving him money. So it, 
it's not the money thing. Who wants the headache of being on the news every night? Yeah, but he loves being on the news. That's his ego. He, he's also not making enough money. Not making enough? Not for his debt. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. His, his businesses aren't worth anything hardly anymore. He's got some huge bank notes. I mean, who knows what the banks would do on, on him defaulting? They, You know, in today's world, liberal... Democrat, Republican, or whatever, they're probably going to be forgiven. But, uh, you know, he, he's he's got big bills, too. I don't know. I, I, I think if you look at what Garland said, and then when Biden comes out publicly so he doesn't have to have that sidebar conversation, you know, the Bill Clinton in the hangar there with uh, uh, Rice, right? Wasn't it? Condi. Condi. No, not Condoleezza Rice. Uh, the other gal. The AG. The deputy AG. You know, during mm-hmm. the Clinton email thing, and Bill and her met in the in the, in the airplane while they were sitting on the tarmac together. It escapes me. Was it Susan Rice? Oh, that might be it. Yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. So, so to avoid that conversation between Biden and Garland, Garland comes out and says a couple of days before, right, wherever, wherever, and whoever the evidence takes them, I I want to believe him, and you know he he alluded to the fact that this is only the beginning and that if you were culpable for what happened at January 6th, not just what, what the actions of January 6th. <laughs> Somebody step on a duck. It's Dinata from Mount Clemens, Michigan. I wonder what she wants. <laughs> I'm going to put her on the show. Oh, damn it. Stop. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I, I'm hoping that Garland follows through with kind of what he was saying. He's a frustrating one. When, when, Very much so. When they had appointed him, I was pretty excited because I thought, yes, you were. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little paybacks in in the cards here. And then this guy has, unfortunately unfor- for- or unfortunately, I don't know how to interpret it. He seems like. His number one goal is to restore the DOJ to its former gleaming self or something. But I don't think that should be his first goal. His first goal should be to take care of all the crap that went on. And then his first goal will fall in place, I believe, if you clean up all the crap that has happened over the last four years, five years. Yeah, it's not. It, it, to, to me... Those two points of restoring the dignity of the DOJ and prosecuting political opponents, I, I think those things can go hand in hand. I think that's part of the way that you restore the legitimacy of the uh, of the Department of Justice is to make sure that you walk the talk of nobody's above the law. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you and I and Nobs uh, can sit here and say, okay, you know, it's pretty obvious to us that. Trump was part of a plan to disrupt an official government proceeding, which is a felony. Um, you know, proving it in court is another thing altogether. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't want to throw down indictments until he has his case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that stuff takes a lot of time. Um, it, it does take a lot of time. Unfortunately, there's always a clock in politics. You know, these things just don't get to drag on forever. They're, they're be- because of the political wins. And 
you know, January, the January 6th committee has has done so much already, and they're going to continue to do more. You're, you're hoping that the DOJ isn't just waiting for the January 6th committee to finish up and then see what they're going to do. No kidding. If the January 6th has to recommend criminal charges to the DOJ for Trump, I'm going to be really, really disappointed because the DOJ should know more than the January 6th committee at this point in time. Yes, I totally agree. And I'm sure that the committee is also aware of that and thinking, how bad do we want to make the DOJ look? Because if we recommend and then they don't follow through or they're like, oh, well, we didn't know all this. What does what does that look like? Looks bad. Really bad. Every but time to I us, see it looks obvious. It looks all obvious to us. Every time I see Adam Schiff on an interview just before he signs out, he always says, I don't understand why the DOJ doesn't indict him over the call to Raffensperger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seriously, every every interview I see Adam Schiff on, the last thing, and he's part of this, the last yep. thing he says, he always manages to <laughs> squeak it in that that call, they have the tape. Mark Meadows was on the call. I mean, what more do they need? I mean, if, if they want to take this guy out, they've got that, and, it, and it's all interconnected with all this stuff. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's, 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 well, it's pretty fr- obvious. It back to it's frustrating. It's like, what are you doing, Garland? You, you got the, um, the people in Georgia going after him for that. But it's a federal offense as well. It's not just a state offense for interfering in their election. Crazy shit. I, I saw something uh, the other day where they had kind of thrown out there that maybe maybe Biden should have gone with Sally Yates. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hindsight. We don't know that she'd be any better. I don't know. But she, she I think she was, uh, you know, choice 1B. Well, the, the one thing that gave me a little bit of hope, and, and I don't even, I think it's true, is that Merrick Garland um, was involved with the Oklahoma City bombing and 9-11 and until indictments came out in any of that nobody knew about it he he was very uh, it was very well hidden and, and nothing leaked so well if you if you look at Garland's statements just on face value I think he's even he's he's dropping those eggs right I mean he's he's more or less saying that the the organizers, and I, and I think he even went on to say, not just the organizers of the rally, but those that organized the big lie, in so many words, were going to be held accountable because that's what led up to, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I don't recall, you know, his his uh, his involvement in, in those other cases, and you said they were pretty tight-lipped about it, um, but, you know, he, he's leading us on. And I hope he's just not trying to buy time until the, the Democrats lose the House and the Senate. Yep, that'd be a big mess. And then he just says, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like He's still the AG, even if they lose know? in midterms. Or he loses so. his job. Yeah, because there is a clock ticking, like you said. All right, well, I don't know how this is going to edit up. Uh- <laughs> Best episode yet. <laughs> it will be. It will be when I'm done with it. It will be. <laughs> it's all going to buff out, Blotto. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully Merrick Garland is going to do us a solid and get this right. Hopefully. Yeah. I, I still have little faith that uh, the much will come out of this. There'll be any justice. You, you know, it, it. the government just doesn't eat its own very often. Yes. 
And even though Trump is an outsider, he's an insider now. Yep. And it's it's hard. It's just hard to imagine one day there will be an indictment. Uh, I've said it before. If they were to do it, it sets a precedent. So. And I think that's a good precedent. It is a good precedent, but not if you're one of the people in power. It sets <laughs> oh, a right. precedent against. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. All right. Hey, uh, guys, I'm uh, I'm glad we did this. It was a blast to have you back on. Yeah, it was therapeutic a little bit. So, uh, which is, you know, remember that was kind of the reason we started. Yeah. Well, Jan- you, January six weighs on me pretty heavily, um, as it should, and, and hopefully, you know, beyond just the, uh, the the recap of the week's events, we're, we're paying as much deference to it as, as we should, and the impact that uh, it is having on our country. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is going to be felt for a lot of years to come, especially if there's a lack of accountability. Yeah, absolutely. Troll, any uh, any final words? That was great getting back together with you guys, and hope we can do it again sometime in the future. Uh, maybe in person, who knows? Yeah, yeah. We'll, as long well, as we all get take tested. a COVID test. <laughs> Uh, well, I've got my home tests coming. I've got one home test arriving tomorrow and then the other one arriving uh, next week. <laughs> they're useless. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Oh, I'm just joking. I've just heard they're just not reliable. No, I've heard the same. I think um, I think Trump said that. Uh, <laughs> well, then nobody believes him. Not even his own followers. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, uh, get back together again soon, but I'll be doing another episode regardless here in the, whatever time frame I come up with. I like to <laughs> under promise and over deliver. <laughs> it won't be next week. You know, who knows? Maybe, right. maybe for it sure when they're, well. you know, and I, and I know the three of us will get back together when there's, uh, the indictments come rolling down. Oh, right. Yep. And, oh, you know what? And I do have show 100 coming up. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's actually when I thought we would get together next. This this was a total surprise. I thought it would be show 100. Uh, I, I, I know I would have reached out to you guys for 100, uh, but January 6th, uh, also an important date. So no reason why it can't be both, but I'll leave that up to you guys. All right. Okay. Uh, All right. Listen up. Drink up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Politics. Some culture and craft beer Politics And that is why you're here Politics Bottoms up